This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast. This is episode 20, and our guests today are Charlotte and James from Vine Farm Dairy in the United Kingdom. They are our first international guests on the podcast, so it's super cool to kind of learn from somebody in a different country what's going on in their neck of the woods in terms of agriculture. So at Vine Farm Dairy, they have something really, really cool. It's a milk vending machine. So people in their local community can bring in glass bottles and fill up milk from the vending machine and take it home. But they're saving um, distribution costs, transportation costs. They're saving numerous bottles of plastic being used for um, just for consumers being able to take home milk. It's such a really cool idea, a milk vending machine. We're going to talk about that and some other really cool stuff going on at Vine Farm Dairy. Uh, it's a really cool conversation we're going to have. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. All right, well, welcome to the Farm Traveler Podcast, Charlotte and James from Vine Farm Dairy. How are you guys doing? Yeah, very good, thank very you. Very good, thanks very much. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for being on. So I found you guys on Instagram. You have Dairy Farm, which is a really cool thing that we'll talk about. So talk us through like how your 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 farm got started. Y'all are fifth-generation farmers, or, or it's a fifth-generation farm. So tell, tell us about the farm's background. Yeah, it's been uh, my family farm, um, as I say, we're the, now the fifth generation um, taking it on. We've, um, we've we've been dairy farmers all the way along. Um, I think my granddad did a bit of sheep and things like that. We, we, we concentrate on just the dairy now. Um, we, um, we supply a cheese dairy, a local cheese dairy in the area um, that mainly makes the Stilton cheese, which is a blue vein cheese. And I know that they are, well, they're calling them... Um, burger melts i think that they're trying to sell in america that's been the latest sort of um thing that they're trying to actually push to be honest so i don't know whether you've seen them anywhere or not but um 
they're uh, they're, they're trying to sort of get um, a Stilton cheese or a blue cheese in a uh, in a cheese slice, which isn't an easy thing to do apparently because of the, uh, the 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 thinness of them or what have you. Um, but we've been uh, supplying that, um, and and they do blended cheeses as well. Um, so I returned from university just after the millennium, and um, my dad was very much a black and white sort of Holstein um, high yielding um, farmer, and we've um, we've well, since I returned, we've basically tried to um, get more money for the milk um, without sort of feeding for it. We've um, we've done a lot of trying to breed for it. So we uh, we, we started crossbreeding the cows um, when I returned, and, um, and and we've now sort of settled on a uh, Jersey uh, Montbilliard, uh, which is a uh, region on the French Swiss border. Um, but one it's of these quite a big cheese making region there. Um, and their milk's known for having like very high in protein uh, on on those sort of cows. So uh, so the, the 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 Holstein, the Jersey, and the Montbilliard is our freeway crossbreed at the moment. Um, we have a herd of four hundred cows. Um, there's always we 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 carve all year round. Um, we don't go for a block carving. Uh, again, our dairy can can handle the milk um, as, as a pretty flat profile now. So we've uh, we, we've we've gone down that route. And um, uh, the the cows are sort of doing about eight thousand liters each um, in in a year uh, would be our yield. And uh, and again, since we've been um, well, this is the first year we've had the average of the protein at pretty much three point five percent. I don't know again whether you guys do it in kilos. Uh, I'm not sure on that stat. I'm afraid, but the uh, the protein has been three point five percent, and the fat has been four point three. Um, for the uh, for, for the last year at sort of a, an eight thousand yield, and again the more the more protein we can send to the dairy, the more cheese they can make. So uh, hopefully, it, as a farmer owned um, cooperative dairy, it's um, you know the, the the better or the the more money make, they make, the more money we should make. Hopefully, um, so it's uh, it, it seems to work pretty well. That's pretty good. Yeah. So what's the local dairy industry like there? Um, I know here in, in the United States, there have been a lot of dairies kind of going under. So what's the dairy industry like for you guys in the UK right now? It's an interesting time, I think, sort of worldwide at the moment in the dairy industry, um, rising veganism and things like that. Um, sort of local wise, um, we are we're near Long Clawson Dairy. Um, Stilton cheese can only be produced in Leicestershire, Nottinghamshire and Derbyshire. Um, so for us, location is really important. Um, and we're very proud to come from this area and proud to supply um, Long Clawson dairy. If it, if I, don't, I, I think if it wasn't for that cheese dairy in our area, I, I, I don't think there would be half as many dairy cows in this, in this area we're at, um, with, around Melton, certainly. Um, and, and nationally, it's a, I think it's a very interesting picture of um there, there was sort of four major dairies producing liquid milk um for, for sort of supermarkets and shops over here um th- that's ended up with muller uh, basically buying out wiseman's um company or, or they, they were a long long established liquid supplying um firm and arla has now bought sort of a lot of the other dairy crests um and, and other major brands so I would say most 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 contracts over here, unless you are with a small dairy or um, sort of spot selling or, or making your own products, you, you you've pretty much only got two choices, unfortunately now in the uh, in the UK of 
of who you'd like to sell your milk to. Have y'all seen like a rise of different types of milk, like almond milk or soy milk? Because over here, a, a ton of people are kind of getting away from regular milk and going to rice milk, almond milk, just various types of milk that aren't milk, but they're milk substitutes. So has there been something kind of like that happen over there in the UK as well? Yes. We've seen, <laughs> we've seen, the, we've seen there has certainly been a rise of it, but um, equally at the same time, we're, we're, again, it's that, it's that thing of being not, not sheltered, but sort of away from city life. It's very much a social media thing, but actually when you do go out and buy the vast majority, it's, it's still such a small percentage of the market. I'm not sure if it's more of the companies doing good promotion about it rather than how much they are actually selling over here. I wouldn't suggest that it's um, it's it's taken off, but there are certainly, um, I mean, it's it's the thing about showing people around our farm and, and why we like to connect with the vine farm dairy side of things as well um, to, to, to really, you know, tell people where the milk comes from, what happens on the farm. We had a, for example, we had an open farm. We, we joined the open farm Sunday for the first time, which is a big charity sort of um, organised event. It's a national uh, organisation here um, where any farm um, can open their doors. It's always the same date of the year um, and people can go and visit all these different farms. Uh, there's a website you can type in your address and find all the local farms in your area that will be open. Um, and we did that for the first time this year and it was really popular and it was a really good way of connecting people to the farm. And um, I think it's undeniable that oat milks and almond milks and things like that, it is, it, there is a rise in popularity and I don't think we can deny that um, equally, I think. Whether it's sustained will be interesting. It's, it's sort of the first two years, I think, of the, the sort of, well, certainly this, this year, the, the, the veganuary and whatnot has certainly... Um, picked up a bit but then that, that goes very quiet and hits um, disappears again so I think be... so, social media has a very powerful voice and it can often seem particularly in in veganuary and things like that it can seem like farm, farmers and farms are being targeted and can quite often seem a bit overwhelming but I think the reality is still quite different and I know certainly from opening um, our vending machine, which we'll talk about later in more detail, I know, you know, there's so many people that still support traditional dairy farms and still will always drink dairy products. And so dairy just, products. just the product, yeah, you know, it is a quality nutritional product, uh, milk is, it was, it was called the original fast food or whatever it is for the amount of um, goodness that it contains. So uh, again, with, with, with actually speaking to people and and connecting with people like, like on the open farm Sundays or, or having we, this morning, we, we've, we've had a load of Australians um, touring that are at university going around the farm. When you actually talk to them and say what happens on a farm and people actually see that, they, they, you know, I'm quite happy for people to make their own judgments of, of, of what they believe or not um, with animal welfare. But, you know, we're, 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 as I say to anyone, we're not in it. For, uh, for suffering animals, we're in it for, uh, for, for, for those animals enjoying their lives as much as possible. I think I read a stat the other day, it was from the National Farmers Union in the UK, saying that 98% of British people still eat or drink British dairy products. And I think sometimes it can often seem like um, vegans have a bigger voice than they, you know, sort of, again, through the social media thing. However, I still think there's an overwhelming majority of people that that will and will continue to um, to support the dairy industry. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you guys are able to use social media and even have people come out there to visit your farm to kind of see what's going on. Um, I've definitely seen a rise in people on social media that are kind of showcasing, especially people in the dairy industry. They're kind of showcasing daily life on the farm, what their cows do every day, just kind of give consumers, hey, this is what our cows do. This is how we treat our cows. They're happy. They're healthy. Don't worry about them. They're fine. So that's really cool. Um, Yeah, let's talk about your your vending machine. This is such a really cool idea. Um, So you have a milk vending machine that people can just come to, bring a glass bottle, and they can fill it up. So tell us, like, how you came up with that idea and kind of how it's been since you incorporated the milk vending machine. So we saw a couple of years ago, we saw, um, it was actually on Countryfile, which is a big um, BBC uh, country show, um, TV programme that's on. And um, we saw a few years ago, there was a farm down in Suffolk that had set up a a vending machine. And um, we thought it was a really good idea and we thought it could work. Um, James has always wanted to do some form of processing on the farm. And we originally, we thought about maybe setting up an ice cream business, um, but the, the financially, we probably weren't quite ready to do that. It was quite a big investment. Um, we saw the vending machine and we thought that could work really well. And we visited another vending machine in um, East Yorkshire, which is about um, two hours north of where we are. Um, and that was going really well. Um, and um, Becky, who... Um, owns uh it's called cherry view milk um and becky was really lovely to us really good to us gave us lots of advice and help and um and and we were sort of inspired really to do to do um to set up a vending machine on the farm um so last september um we launched we um put a shed um on the farm um which is basically within walking distance of the village. So villagers can, can walk to it. Um, we've also got parking so people can, and, and people do drive from quite far away to come and get, get the milk as well. We've got a, a really good village, a really strong local community. Um, and uh, people are encouraged to either buy a glass bottle. Um, we do have a few plastic bottles, but we're, um, we're hoping to go plastic free very soon um, and we also obviously we encourage people to buy glass um, and also encourage people to bring their own container um, and they can come up to the vending machine and it's a pound a litre um, and they can um, fill up uh, with milk so our milk is um, pasteurised it is pasteurised but that's all we've done to it so it's unhomogenized. so um, the cream would still separate on the top on the morning how it should be. Um, we've done no other industrial processing to it apart from pasteurisation. No, we just thought it was a bit, I'd say we'd, I always want to do some sort of processing at, at the farm and it seemed a great way of sort of getting into that without the massive outlay of cash um, to, uh, to be able to set the business up and, um, and, and also sort of, again, one of those things of connecting people with where their food come from so the, you know, we have our cows behind the shed where the milk sold so all the kids and everything sort of walk out and can see and so, you know, walking out saying thank you cows and all that sort of business and um, and, and, and it's just great to see um, you know the, the community using it and um, and again with the single-use plastics uh, all over the media certainly over here at the moment um, really really pushing the, um, the the non-plastic side of things 
And um, and 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 again, I think I can't remember the year or how many how long ago it was, but I think it was sort of the rise of the supermarkets. Um, it went from ninety five percent of milk in the UK being in glass bottles from sort of milk rounds and things to literally the other way around and ninety five percent of milk being in um, in plastic bottles and sold in supermarkets within about five or ten years, I think it was. Um, so it was uh, it was a massive change at that time, and um, and again now it seems to. Uh, like like certain things, doing a big loop back round to, uh, to 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 what it used to be, um, and again with the unhomogenizing, it's uh, you know we we try to explain it of this is um, how milk should should be, milk should separate, um, and again with the long course and um, supply, it is it is slightly creamier, but it, equally if you don't like the cream on the top, you can shake the bottle, but we yeah and and incorporate incorporate it back into the milk. Um, but we've, you know, we, we hear good stories at the milk shed when we, we're up there and, and seeing people filling up of their saying that the kids and whatnot are getting up a bit earlier to get to the milk first so they can get the cream on their cereals uh, rather than uh, rather than than, than, uh, than just the standard milk. So it's certainly something that's finally people well finally, but people are realising and, and getting back to sort of whole foods and more wholesome foods without being over processed and and again a lot of stories about. As earlier in the day, when they've had our milk, uh, which which should make sense, as the unhomogenizing means the fats and the proteins should break down slower, and um, and and keep you fuller for longer, and and those sort of things. I think also like we've sold nearly six thousand glass bottles since we started, and that was one of our key things. We really wanted to reduce plastic waste, um, and we've been amazed really just how people really have taken on the glass bottle. Um, the glass bottles and um, we've yeah like I say we've sold nearly 6,000 glass bottles and people are reusing them daily so we I, I can't quite work out the maths but <laughs> I've saved you know tens of thousands of plastic bottles from going to, land, to landfill and that was one of our big objectives and, uh, and we're, we're absolutely overwhelmed with how people have taken that on and and, and really proud of, of how that's taken off yeah y'all should be very proud of that that's so cool i mean you're solving not only um the plastic issue but also distribution costs and just transportation of milk to go get it processed and then get delivered that's really cool that you're just kind of putting it there and letting your, the village people just kind of come and collect the milk that's really cool i mean i mean obviously you guys have seen a lot of um beneficial impact for the community so it seems like a lot of people really like that yeah and i think doing things like um open farm sunday and we've had quite a few f um school visits um our village um preschool and um university of nottingham have been quite a few times with their agriculture students and i think it's it's so important to us to connect people back to farmers and to and to local produce and i think you know obviously supermarkets the rise of the supermarkets and people have just become really disconnected with food. And I think, again, that was a, a big aim of ours to connect people back to the farm, back to the to the cows. And they know that those cows, um, you know, like, as I say, where they've been milked, there's zero food miles. You know, we're literally talking metres, um, not miles from the parlour to the shed. Um, and I think it's just a really nice way of, people knowing where their food comes from again 
because I think we're so used to supermarkets and just not really realising where um, the produce in the supermarket comes from. And, you know, milk could, could have travelled hundreds and thousands of miles before it even reaches you. And it could be sort of two weeks old. That's the other thing. Whereas our milk is, you know, it's less than 24 hours old and, um, and, and people are getting it direct. Yeah, that's funny. Over here, we kind of have a saying that um, people are so misinformed about their food now that kids just think that chocolate milk comes from chocolate cows. So, oh. yeah, but that's so cool. That, a, I mean, you're bringing it to them, but you're also kind of educating them about the process, about local farming and all that really cool stuff. So that's really cool. It's uh, it's it's very funny. You should actually say that on our, one, one of the comments from, well, the the, the line that we're all bringing out now from the uh, Open Farm Sunday was um, one, one member of the public said to our herdsmen, um, so what is the difference with the, with the, with the, um, the brown cows? Do they make the chocolate milk? <laughs> so it was a, uh, you, you, you couldn't quite make it up on certain ones. And, yeah. and, and, and that was a, a fairly elderly person, I think, that, uh, that didn't realise that. So uh, it, it is incredible how, how food has not sort of, sort of lost its way with where, where it is. I mean, it was a bit of a it, was a, it was a small scandal last year. One of our major supermarkets resorted to giving sort of their, certain ones of their products fake sort of friendly farm names. Um, so, you know, it, it had no actual relation to where it was coming from. Um, so, so the farmer sort of kicked up a bit saying, you know, you can't keep, you can't, you can't put this name on these sort of products when they're, you know, it has no relation to actually the, uh, the origin of the product. So, um it's uh, it, it's an interesting one that they obviously must have picked up on that, that that people want to know or or feel like they're buying a sort of local local product um i mean we've seen we've seen a rise of a fair fair amount of farm shops um over here in the uk i'd say um it, it's it's that thing of less 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 food waste and you probably have to pay a bit more for the food but you you, you probably like you say the nutritional value of it is uh, is is higher than being an over processed food that's bought from a cardboard box so um it's um yeah, it's been really interesting to uh, to speak to the public more since we've started the vending machine and uh, and seeing what they actually believe about food or um or, or what happens with it and and again when you when you sort of can say well this milk was literally milk or, or again, with the, with the open days, you can say, well, this milk will be available to buy tomorrow from that machine. Um, they, uh, they, they, you know, they appreciate that and um, and, and, the, and the value in, in, in having it that fresh. Absolutely. Well, I mean, kudos on you guys for not laughing once that person asked if the chocolate or if the brown cows gave the chocolate milk. I mean, to people in the agriculture. Go ahead. James and I went there, but I think um, our herdsman Jack probably had a good uh, good laugh to himself, and I, I don't think I don't think I could have kept a straight face. <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah, I would have been the same. I mean, kudos on them for asking that question, because people in the ag industry, it's just a funny question. Like, obviously, it's not chocolate milk from a chocolate cow, but other people are like, well, obviously, the brown cow has to give out brown milk. I mean, that's obviously <laughs> how it's got to work, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that all that always reminds me of the scene from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory where they went by this one room and I whatever the Oompa Loompas or whatever they were whipping one of the cows and one of the kids yeah. says oh that's whipped cream yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so 
can you tell us a little bit more about kind of some successes and failures you guys have experienced since you took over your parents' farm? Like from the moment you took it over to when you started the vending machine, what were some really great successes and some failures that you had along the way that kind of helped you kind of grow the business and taught you something? Uh, my again, my, um, my my parents were were very much um, not not really wanting to um, invest too much in the farm until they knew either myself, um, I, my brother Richard um, also works at the farm, um, so we it, it it was very sort of an underinvested uh, in invested farm when when we returned from university. Um, so we we didn't have a blank check certainly, but it it needed if we wanted to carry on with it, it needed investment and and as ever, um, that that comes with a lot of risk. So we um, we did install a new parlour and and cubicle housing um, to sort of bring them up to date first. Um, whether we got the parlour completely right, we ended up with a forty point rotary parlour um, that, that probably had more electrics on it than it needed um, and that was probably as, as being young people uh, and, and thinking oh everything we can do it through a computer um, whereas yeah you still you, you need that herd management you still very much need that eye over 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 livestock and um, and, and that daily sort of checks um, that, that our herdsman does a great job of anyhow but um, it was um, overall with, with with that it was it was a case of then with the breeding of the cows um how to how to carry on um with with that and, and and also get that into i mean again my dad was very much a sort of open the open the gate up when it was all right to graze and let them out all over the farm whereas we we're sort of we're, we're not a new zealand system but we're we're very much um have bred a cow to make more out of the grass um than than, than before so We've, um, we're pretty happy with again with the three-way crossbreds of the Jerseys, Holsteins, and Montbilliards. Um, they're, they're good, strong cows that do like to graze grass. So um, we, we've paddocked all our fields up, uh, put a sort of old, well, reused some um, concrete railway sleepers to make a, a runway, basically, or a cow highway down the middle of the farm and down the middle of the paddocks. And, um, and so, so we have got multiple access to multiple grass and trying to, uh, well, we, we send them back to fresh grass every day, um, weather permitting. Um, again, we're on heavy clay soil, so it can be a bit tricky if it's wet over here, and, and, and it certainly can be at times. Although uh, last summer we had a heat wave, and it was completely the opposite. And uh, again, with the clay, it completely cracked up, and there was no grass um, growing whatsoever. So so we ended up... This, the cow still went outside, but they 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 ate through the silage clamp pretty quickly over the summer, and uh, and then we had to start looking for extra forage. So um, that was that was one of our mistakes as 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 um, uh, over over my dad, who would be very much a make sure you get as much forage as you possibly can in the clamps. Whereas you know we, we thought ah oh, well summer we'll still be able to get through that. So um, it was a, it was an interesting challenge last year um, to keep the keep the cows as healthy and the, and the yield going. Um, Luckily, this year has been a bit easier, and we the cows went out on um, in February, so that made life. Yeah, uh, polar opposite to last summer, and and we've managed to do two cuts of silage already. We're about to cut our uh, wheat probably in the next week or two um, to whole crop in the clamp as well, and and no doubt we'll get a third cut of silage. So we might not have enough space in the clamps for the silage this year, whereas last year it was completely empty. So. Um, again, we, you know, I was explaining to the university group we had round 
although climate change is there in the background as well it is interesting to see if these sort of extremes of weather are going you know is it just an extreme of weather or is it a general change or you know the, the seasons certainly seem to have sort of vanished slightly over here um and you, and you seem to go from one extreme to the other of just a lot of rain or a lot of sunshine uh, and, and never really sort of an, the 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 in between i suppose we've we've had a fairly mild winter over here as well um that, uh, that that just makes the difference to the whole year of the of, of the farm as it does to the um the arable guys and all that i mean all the wheat crops are looking really nice over here um and and they're going to kick off i should think so i mean it's it's not necessarily a good thing for them if it's all well in the uh, the but on our farm it's um we you know i think we we um again with the process thing always wanted to do do something there so um, I think we, we, we chose the right thing to start with. And, and, and then we can also look at other products from pasteurizing the milk as, as the sort of next one we're looking at is just going for cream separation um, and, and developing that. Um, We've already we started doing uh, milkshakes. Um, Richard's wife, Beth, started milkshakes just a few months ago and they've been really successful and, and um, have been so popular so I think that's a brilliant start and then we're looking into cream separation and then who knows after that maybe butter or something like that's what I'd like to do but we'll um, we'll see but no it's definitely going in the right direction at the moment and we're we're really happy with, with the way Vine Farm Dairy is going so yeah very positive. Well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, y'all should definitely be very proud of, of where it's at right now. Um, and yeah, those future plans sound really, really cool. If we're over there, we just went over there, my wife and I went over there to London, I think about three or four months ago, and it was beautiful. So if we ever go again, we'll stop up by your way and get some milk in the vending, in the vending machine, which will be so yeah, cool. Yeah, no, please do. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you guys um, are on Instagram at Vine Farm Dairy. But if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? We are we're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, we don't tend to do as much on Twitter, but we're certainly quite active on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we've got a website as well, um, www.vinefarmdairy.co.uk. Um, we we'll try and put small little videos on on the Instagram and, and Facebook, mainly about sort of through the year and, and what's gone on at the yeah. farm. And, and we know. want to be as you know, we want to be open. We want to show people what what goes on. Um, so everyone's so, got a camera in their pocket nowadays, so it's quite easy for for anyone at the farm uh, who who's working there that we everyone's sort of taking a picture here and there, and uh, and then and then can say we can share that share that share that along the way. Um, we are thinking of connecting with more schools, perhaps hopefully as as again with the um, the, the the rise of um, possibly anti-farming sentiments around that we could um, sort of connect connect with children early enough to sort of you know let them make their own decisions about how they feel about how food's produced and certainly open farm sunday i think we'll definitely do that again in the coming years that was that was a really good day for us um to let the public onto the farm you never know we might be exporting one day <laughs> there you go well if y'all export anytime soon let me know and i will be on the lookout for it <laughs> good man thank you very much no problem. Well, Charlotte, James, thank you guys very much for being on the podcast. Um, we wish you nothing but the best of luck, and we'll be on the lookout for your stuff on Instagram and Facebook and the website and everything. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. We're trying to make things easier for you to listen to the podcast. We are now a part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective, and that means you can now find us on an additional platform. 
We're now available on the Waypoint app on your Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs like Samsung, and even game systems. While you're on there, check out over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films, download the app, and watch and listen anywhere.